Jesus once told a parable about a fig tree. And the story of this fig tree went like this. The fig tree did not have any figs on it. In other words, the one thing that would make a fig tree a fig tree, this one didn't have the figs. So the owner of the tree came back year after year to check and see whether the tree had finally borne fruit for him. And year after year, for three years, he was disappointed. So he told his gardener, here's the plan. Cut the tree down, and then at least we can use the soil for something else. Well, the gardener said, how about a different idea? How about you give me one more year? And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the best care possible of this tree. I'm going to tend it carefully. I'm going to dig around it, water it, fertilize it. And then we can come back and we can see. And if it's grown figs, wonderful. The tree has finally lived up to its promise. And if it doesn't, well, it's just one year. We can cut it down then. That's the story Jesus told about the fig tree. Only that story wasn't about a fig tree. As a parable, Jesus was using something that people might be familiar with in order to teach them a spiritual truth, a spiritual lesson. Maybe some of those people who heard Jesus had experience with a tree, maybe even close to as frustrating as that particular fig tree. So they could relate. And he could use that to, to teach them a lesson about bearing fruit. Jesus' point was that people are too often like that fig tree. God made them, God made us to bear fruits, to bear fruits of, of faith and repentance and good works, but we don't. We sin, we fail to live up to those expectations. And God is patient. He doesn't strike down sinners immediately, at least not in most cases. Instead, he feeds and tends and nourishes them and us with his word, with his sacraments. He calls people to repentance. And he waits patiently. But at some point, at some point, his patience comes to an end. And so at that point, the, the life of people who are not bearing fruit, their time of grace comes to an end. Jesus taught a similar lesson when his final steps brought him to a fig tree that had no fruit on it. The Monday of Holy Week and again on Tuesday, Jesus' final steps brought him and his disciples to this tree on those two occasions. This is the account from Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. The next day, after they had set out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. 
When he saw a fig tree in leaf in the distance, he went to see if he might find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, since it was not the season for figs. Jesus said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. A few verses later, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered down to the roots. Peter remembered and said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus replied, Have faith in God. Amen, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, everything that you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. This is God's Word. It's almost as though Jesus took that parable of the fig tree and turned it into a reality show for his disciples. Jesus and those disciples were making their way from Bethany to Jerusalem, a journey of just a few miles when Jesus saw this tree, a fig tree in leaf, and he was hungry, so he went to go see if it might have fruit on it. Well, it didn't, and you heard what happened. And that might seem a little bit confusing if you don't know something about fig trees. After all, Mark writes in the gospel, it wasn't even the season for figs. Seems strange then that Jesus would do what he does to this tree, expecting to find figs on it when it's not even the season for that fruit. Well, here's a little uh, history or a little information about a tree like this. Fig trees actually begin to bear fruit before the leaves fill in in the spring. And so when Mark says it's not the season for figs, of course, it's a little bit too early, but the tree was kind of giving mixed signals. It was sending out a mixed message because a tree like that, a fig tree with leaves all over it, should have been hiding some fruit behind the leaves. But this one wasn't. Just like the the fig tree in Jesus' parable, This one was completely devoid of fruit. Unlike the tree in Jesus' parable, this tree didn't get treated with patience, didn't get another year of waiting and checking back later. Jesus said to this tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. He offered that curse and his disciples all heard it. What was the next morning before they saw what came out of that curse? On their return trip to Jerusalem, they went by that tree and found it dead. Not not dying, not the edges of its leaves were turning brown the way that leaves do in a hot Tucson summer before the rains come. Not the the branches were starting to droop or the leaves were starting to fall. This tree was withered and dead from top to bottom. 
And they were amazed. But this wasn't really about the fig tree. We know that because Jesus, Jesus could have handled the situation in any number of ways. Jesus, who is true, eternal God and also true man, could have used his omniscience to know that that particular tree did not have figs on it, to know it wasn't worth his effort and time to walk over to it and, and check it out. But he didn't do that. Jesus could have used his almighty power and he could have made figs grow immediately on that tree so that he could pick them and eat them. After all, Jesus had provided plenty of food for plenty of people on other occasions. That's not what Jesus did. And that would have been out of character for Jesus, who didn't use his almighty power to serve himself, but to serve others. No, Jesus cursed the fig tree and allowed it to wither because he had a lesson to teach. A lesson about bearing fruit, or in this case, not bearing fruit. If a tree like this fig tree wasn't living up to what its expectations were, well, then it was going to come to an end. And in the same way, if people are not bearing fruit and living up to God's expectations for them, well, he's going to bring them to an end. Jesus wanted his disciples to recognize this. Jesus wants us to recognize this. He wants us to consider how often we are like that fruitless fig tree. Maybe things look pretty good if you check it out from a distance. Maybe our lives look like they have all sorts of life in them, all sorts of leaves but you have to get a little closer and examine to find out that there's not as much fruit as we might have thought. You might say, well, I come to church every week. Even better, it's Lent. I come to church twice a week. But do we take the lessons that we learn here and that we talk about here and apply them and talk about them out there in other places? Do we think of this time in church as our Bible time, our God time, and leave the Bible at home on the shelf and not think about it nearly as often as we should? What about repentance? We say the words of the confession of sins along with the other members of the congregation, those who are gathered together. But do we really take those words to heart? Do we think about the fact that I have personally done something wrong, something offensive to God, that I truly deserve His punishment? Maybe we're known to our friends and neighbors as a pretty nice person. But if they have a real need, 
would we sacrifice in order to help them? Sacrifice, you know, like time and, and money and efforts. Or would we, would we only do those things if it's really convenient for us? That withered fig tree was an object lesson. Vividly demonstrating that truth, the danger of fruitless living. It reminds us that God's patience will at some point run out and come to an end. He will demand the fruit that he seeks. But there's also another lesson that that fig tree teaches us. On the Tuesday return trip, Peter was so amazed at what he saw that this tree had withered overnight in its new condition. He remarked about it in awe, and Jesus answered this way, Have faith in God. Amen, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Jesus doesn't take Peter's awe and then point to his own almighty power and say, you're right, isn't it impressive what I can do? Jesus points to his disciples and says, isn't it amazing what God allows you to do and to accomplish through faith and prayer? These final steps that took Jesus to the fig tree were not just bad news and warning against fruitless living. They were also good news. But the power of God and the power of prayer. About God providing the fruits that he demands. And here's how he provides it. This same Jesus taking his final steps early on in Holy Week would head those same steps toward the cross. Think about him this way using the picture that we've been employing. He was a perfect and fruitful fig tree. He wasn't just leaves, just show, just looking good on the outside. In fact, there wasn't really anything on the outside that looked amazing or impressive about him. But the fruit was there. The fruit was there from the beginning, how Jesus was always bringing forth fruits of trust and love and service. His entire life was built around serving and loving his heavenly Father and serving and loving the people around him. And then the very week that we're discussing, he was cut down. And his life was withered and dead from top to bottom. And then his life returned. And he announced the victory. He proclaimed that he had he had forgiven all of the fruitless fig trees by taking their sins on him, suffering and dying for them so that they could be put in a position to love and serve just as he had loved and served. If those disciples thought that what Jesus did to the fruitless fig tree was impressive, 
Just wait and see. Those disciples had seen a lot from Jesus already, a lot of amazing things, miracles that he had done. They had heard his teaching. And now Jesus was cluing them in. He was reminding them of the fact that they would be able to participate in these things, that they could bear fruits of repentance and love and service. That God would accomplish amazing and even impossible things through them. They could move mountains by their faithful prayers. Their fruits of faith could be seen in forgiving others. And in the prayers that they pray. And in the things that God accomplished through them. We do have to be a little careful about these verses. Some people have taken what Jesus says here to mean that, well, if I pray for anything that I want, God's going to give it to me. And, you know, I would really like power or fame or riches or fill in the blank something else. But that's not what Jesus is promising. Note that the first thing Jesus says is have faith in God. When he talks about prayer for the person who has faith in God, who trusts in Jesus as his Savior, he's talking about people who are going to pray for the things that God promises and the things that God commands. In other words, if God were to command us to go tell a mountain to pick itself up and throw it into the sea we could have absolute confidence that he would carry out exactly what he promised. That's not what he promises, though. What he promises is something even better. God's promise is that he's going to take your sinful heart that still goes against him And he's going to overcome it by his word and his sacraments. He's going to keep you faithful. God promises that as you share the good news about Jesus with others, he's going to bring them to faith. God promises that he is going to keep you in faith, preserve you for your entire life. God promises that just as Jesus rose from the dead, so you too are going to be called out of your grave to live with him forever. And God promises and God commands that we can take this truth to heart and bear fruit right now. Fruits like prayer and forgiveness and loving service. Jesus' final steps took him to the fig tree. On the Monday and Tuesday of Holy Week, and there he taught a lesson about bearing fruit. And he taught a lesson about the power of God and the power of prayer. And he invites us to take those lessons to heart. May God grant that we do take these important lessons to heart. And may God grant that we experience the blessings that he has promised to us, these amazing blessings
In Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen.